Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast. This is Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, coming to you from Saint City, Las Vegas. See, I, I changed it. It was Sin City, but now I'm switching it over because I'm speaking Saint City up in here. Yes, I am. And I uh, want to thank you for joining me here on the program today. It's always a pleasure to have you guys. And every week we're rolling out just amazing people that are approaching the kingdom in their own unique way and achieving a lot of the same results via healing and evangelism and getting the word out. And it amazes me that every time we do this, there's always something cool to be discovered and to hear and amazing stories and testimonies to get into. So today, my guest is no exception, of course, joining me today. Now, this is the coolest thing. I get to speak a little French on the show. His name is La Flambois, which means raspberry. <laughs> Joining me by way of Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Canada, is John Raz. We'll stick with Raz for the show today. So, John, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, bro? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. did, did I get the pronunciation right? Did I nail it? <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, you, you actually pronounced the E at the end of the name. So it's La Flamboise. Okay, La Flamboise. You know, so, yeah, okay, but gotcha. you were really close. I was pretty uh, impressed. All right. Well, it's yeah. awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. And um, we always like to get right into to testimonies and stuff. And I know you're very active in evangelism and stuff. So uh, now before we go into this, listener, I got so sidetracked by the whole French thing here. Um, John is the founder of Harvest Culture Ministries. He is an evangelist and a friend of God. And as he's doing all this, uh, John, let's get into some healing testimonies. What can you share with us? Oh man, it's, a, it's always the problem. Always, there's so many testimonies to pick from, so it's always hard to choose just a couple here. But uh, so I got some of my uh, not favorite ones, really. Just so they're really unusual uh, signs and wonders, if you would. I remember uh, one that really sticks out to me was a couple of years ago. I was preaching in the UK, and uh, in one of my meetings, I see this man stand up and just run out of the room. Right? I, I didn't understand why. Like maybe I offended him or something. But the power of God was so thick and tangible in the atmosphere. You know, it's one of really those atmospheres where anything can really happen, you know. And uh, and this guy comes running back in a few minutes later, and he's got this paper towel in his hand. It's all like discolored, and um, and he just runs to the front. So I'm not too sure like what is he here to you know take you down or what. <laughs> so the ushers kind of you know uh, cut him off, and I found out that uh, he ran out of the room because he had ink coming down off his arm, and uh, and found out that uh, he had all these tattoos of these naked ladies and skulls and all those different things. And uh, he had gotten saved a few weeks prior to that. And uh, he was believing God for so either money to cover up these tattoos or something supernatural to happen. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Something supernatural took place. And he, uh, like, ink like started dribbling down his arm. And he literally was able to wipe off his tattoos. Literally, his pores literally opened up. And he was able to take paper towel and literally just wash off his tattoos right off his arms. You know, so he comes in and there's like uh, ink just smeared. Like it just looked like someone opened up an ink well and smeared his arms because he's literally just smearing off and washing off his tattoos. And I just happened like no one prayed for him. It was just like a sovereign thing of the Lord in the meeting where just in the atmosphere, you know, God just intervened and answered this guy's prayers. And also it was, it was really it was something I really stuck out because I'd never seen it beforehand. You know, but you always cry out saying, like, God, show me things I don't know. And I, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3. And uh, definitely that day, definitely saw something I didn't know. <laughs> you know, so it's just been just fantastic. Yeah, and uh, so that really, 
launched me on this journey of just uh, seeing how far can we push the envelope spiritually, you know, regarding signs of wonders and miracles. And you know, we were seeing um, uh, people with uh, metal rods and pins getting dissolved uh, in, in the meetings. Uh, you know, people who had uh, like, uh, I remember there's one very particular meeting. Uh, first time I saw this happen, I was in Minneapolis preaching. And uh, I saw this woman, she was a few rows back uh, off to my left. So maybe third or fourth row back. And, and I saw there was a walker just on the, on the aisle. And, um, and I had no idea what condition she had, what was wrong with her. And uh, I hear the, the Holy Spirit whisper to me and point out this woman to me. And then uh, and the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear and says, if you uh, pray for her, I will heal her of every single condition she has. So I have no idea what's wrong with her, but I just feel like a gift of faith come over me. So I call her up and, uh, and I, I say, ma'am, I don't know what's wrong with you, but the Holy Spirit just told me that he's going to heal you of every condition you have. And the whole church is gassed, you know, because they know what's wrong with her. And I have no secret clue. So she kind of uh, slowly makes her way up to the front. And then uh, before I pray for her, I interview her a little bit and ask her what happened. And, and uh, she begins to tell me that how uh, a few weeks ago, the doctors uh, opened up her leg and, and removed four or five inches of her shin bone. I, I can't, don't know the medical term for that bone, um, but you know, the, the, the bone that like, went in her knee just like removed four or five inches of the bone and then clamped um, the, the, all the bones together. So, like, so her leg was just stiff from this metal clamp, like physically impossible for her to bend her knee. Everything just clamped together. You know, and uh, so now I realize why the church gas. You know, so before I had a time to analyze and process everything, you know, I just lay hands on her. And I just I just command for restoration to come back into our lake. You know, and after uh, about maybe thirty seconds to a minute of praying for her, she starts screaming. You know, she's just screaming, "Fire! Oh my gosh, my legs on fire! My legs on fire!" And she's just going, just just really excited about what's happening, and understandably. And then uh, I asked her, I said, well, do something you couldn't normally do. And then she picks up her walker, lifts it over her head, and she walks up and down the stairs to the platform. So I had to come down off the platform. And she's walking up and down the stairs, bending her knee. You know, and, and the cool part about it, you can actually smell like a burning metal almost. It was, it was really quite unique. You know, so it just, uh, so I don't know whether God made the metal pliable or, <laughs> you know, he dissolved the metal and regrew the bone or something, but something happened happened regardless something supernatural uh took place there where a woman was physically impossible for the bender knee and often uh she's bending her knee and and after you know start seeing more and more and stuff like that happening so once again just still wanting to just push the envelope right just how much can i believe god you know how much faith can i can we build in the atmosphere how much you know can we push the envelope uh of signs and wonders you know for for people's people's restoration so I started getting the idea as just this idea popped in my head of like, well, if God can wipe away tattoos and dissolve metal out of people's bodies. And by the way, we've also had people like medical verified x-rays where they had pins and screws or rods and plates, uh, you know, have medical x-rays proving that they're gone. Like you see doctor reports before and after, you know, you've been seeing that all over the place now. And also in the midst of that, you know, we're just, we're just seeing how much more can we believe for, you know, what's, greater things you know you know what else do we go for and then i had this thought just kind of come in my mind uh, um just a simple thought i was in prayer before the service and this just simple little thought crawls into my mind was i wonder if god can make scars disappear you know if god can just restore like uh scars on off of people's bodies you know and, and there's this young guy in the meeting he was uh 
uh, I don't know, what they call a cutter. You know, so he would slash his wrists up and down, all the way up his arms. He had his scars from his shoulder all the way down to his wrist off both his arms. You know, so, you know, he got saved. He stopped doing that. Um, you know, but he still has his reminders, these scars. Arm is covered with scars. And, you know, so he's always wearing long sleeve shirts, you know, whether it's summer or wintertime, always long sleeve shirts just from covering up his embarrassment of uh, what he used to do. And, uh, and then uh, in the meeting, we were, were praying for him, you know, and uh, honestly, immediately we did nothing really happen, you know, and he, he gets hit by the power of God. You know, he experiences the power of God. And then we, um, uh, you know, he goes home, the meeting's over, he goes home and, and comes back the next day, uh, just in tears. You know, I guess he's just in tears all day and, and it will happen overnight. Uh, something God touched him. And then he wakes up in the morning and there's not a single scar left on his arms. You know, so he comes back, you know, and we've seen the scars beforehand, you know, his family was there, you know, everyone's just testifying and, and it just really brought glory to God, just showing that God doesn't just uh, forgive our sins and wipe away our past, you know, but he really just brings full restoration. You know, when you come into salvation, when you come into a relationship with Christ, you know, there's full restoration that takes place, you know, so it, with that, there wasn't just a, a physical healing of the scars, you know, but there's a really a, a strong emotional and deep inner healing that took place with that as well. So just, you know, God's like in, in the process of, of, of restoring this guy's uh, attitude, restoring his heart, restoring uh, the way he sees himself and, and really God revealing the father's heart to him uh, and doing that as well. And so then, of course, in, in the midst of seeing all this, these, these amazing signs and wonders and these miracles happening in the church, and, you know, me being an evangelist, I don't like keeping things within the four walls of the church. I said, I truly believe if it, if it could happen in the church, it could happen on the streets, you know? So we started taking, uh, taking to the streets, you know, and just believing God for the greater signs and wonders, you know, the, the display of the greater glory on the streets, you know, and, and that's just exactly what we started seeing. You know, we, uh, uh, I remember just a while ago, uh, I believe in, in uh, the South in Florida, I believe it was, I can't remember exactly where, what city, uh, but it was in Walmart. You know, and for me, Walmart is like Miracle Central, you know. <laughs> so every time I go to Walmart, there's like, just the miracles just seem to happen. You know, it's great. I don't know why, but I just seem to gravitate towards Walmart, you know, and, uh, and people just get healed all the time. And there's this, uh, this woman in a wheelchair, uh, you know, she's just, you know, pushing herself along in this wheelchair. And I just felt this compassion over her, you know, like this deep, deep, deep compassion over this woman. And I just thought, man, like, this is an injustice. You know, Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. This is the work of the devil. And I just have this deep compassion over her. You know, so I just react to that, that compassion, you know, and then and, uh, I just go and talk to her a little bit, you know, and I asked her if I could pray for her. She seemed a little hesitant at first, you know, but I was just kept on, I could be honest with you, I was just being really persistent, you know, probably a little annoying even. And uh, just because I kept on feeling this compassion over this this woman. And long story short, we ended up praying for her. And, uh, and her legs just completely paralyzed, you know, and she, and, and then, uh, she starts, um, starts telling me as a prank, she starts telling me, she's like, what are you doing to me? I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, I'm feeling tingling all over my legs right now. I said, it's okay. It's just God. It's just Holy Spirit touching you. And then she's going, she's getting a little frightened by it, you know, and then we start, uh, just keep on praying for her. And all of a sudden, you know, she's feeling like sensations returning into a complete sensations returning to her legs. You know, so right in the middle of Walmart, you know, she gets up, like she starts walking, you know, so, you know, kind of drew a, a, a little bit of a crowd, a little bit of commotion started taking place, you know, but just like right in Walmart, just started having revival, you know, it was just fantastic. And you know, then we started getting word of knowledge for people who are watching and me and my team, 
you know, and people are just uh, getting healed left, right, and center. We actually end up getting kicked out of Walmart for doing that. <laughs> I thought it was great. Like a revival kicks us out of Walmart. And that's, you know, gets us kicked out. That's you know, hilarious. We're a little long on the segment here, but there's a couple of questions I need to, uh, I would like to clarify. So listeners, we're going to go over maybe like two or three minutes on this one as, as well, John. Um, something that was just stuck in my mind, I just want to get clarity from you, is when you were talking about the the man with the tattoos and the man with the scarves, um, was that the same person or two different guys, first off? No, no, they're two different people. Sorry, two different countries, two different people. Okay, just want to be clear. Um, now, that would lead the question because I know that tattoos are a huge thing now, and I know some people kind of go back Old Testament with how they feel about tattoos. Some people are like, it's not a big deal. Um, where, What does that experience tell you in terms of tattoos? Was it the tattoos proper or was it in just in relation to this guy in his heart? How did you, how did you kind of analyze that when you saw it? Well, I saw that the, the guy's tattoos, he did not want a tattoo anymore, right? They were from a past life, like they were like skulls and demons and naked ladies and stuff like that. You know, and for him, they were like a blight. Like they were a, a point of shame for him. Okay. You know, so in that case, I would say, you know, God saw that shame that he was feeling, you know, and God just, you know, dealt with it for him. Is it one of those cases you know, where so, God gives you the desires of your heart? Is that would fall in that category then? I, I guess it would. You know, I guess it would. But it doesn't mean that God can't do it for someone else. And then on the other hand, like with a scar, like to me as a healing minister, when I see a, a, something like a scar, it just says that, you know, God not only heals up a wound, but he gives you extra skin to show you, you know, the abundance and how much he's serious about, it. you know, I just kind of take that almost that symbolic approach to it. Um, but mm -hmm. when you see like scars disappear, um, you know, that would kind of go, I don't want to say it would go against what I'm talking about here, but it would just, I guess, line up differently. So, but it sounds like that in that guy's case too, it was like you said, a point of shame and it was a desire of his heart to have that just wiped out of him. So it just seems to mm -hmm. be in those really like crazy miracle cases, like you outlined earlier, that it was more about the person's heart and their desires for, you know, for themselves and for God, as opposed to the actual tattoo or scar. So it, would you say that's the case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, uh, like you have scars, like I'm not discriminating people who have scars in any way, shape or form, you know, like, uh, like you myself, like I, you know, there's some scars I have from old days where mountain biking and, you know, <laughs> racked up pretty good and got some stitches, you know, in no way is that a mark against me, you know, but it was just, you know, yeah, it was just a condition of, of this guy's heart, you know, and I just wanted to restore. Yeah, the reason I just ask that is because I know the not so much the scar, but the tattoo thing. I know that's a very touchy topic with a lot of people, and I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners so that they just kind of mm -hmm. knew where it was coming from on that. But we're way long on our break, but it's uh, wonderful information. So, uh, listeners, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to hear more about John's background and experience, how he got into all this, and uh, where everything is going. So, keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. We'll be back momentarily. Hey guys, Million here. I want to say thank you for listening to this program and for supporting the work we do. I would like to invite you to visit our website at dominionfire.com. And while there, sign up for our VIP email newsletter. This is a free service, and as a member, you will receive early releases of the Heal the Sick podcast, updates on the content we create, members-only discounts in our audiobook store, and exclusive content not released elsewhere. Visit dominionfire.com for full details. And if you subscribe, you will receive our free report entitled A Christian's Guide to Divine Healing for Yourself with tools, tips, and strategies to minister healing for your own conditions. All free by subscribing to our newsletter and by visiting www.dominionfire.com.
All right, listeners, back on the Heal the Sick podcast, segment two, which is where we talk about our background and experience of the guest, and we hear more about their journey, where they're going, where they came from, and the whole deal. But before that, I would like to ask you to please visit www.dominionfire.com, where you're going to find everything of ours, all our social media. You're going to find every episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. You'll find Dominion Fire 360, which is our other podcast, which is more uh, variety topics, and the YouTube DeFire vlog, which is the vlog whenever I feel like I uh, want to get somebody worked up a little bit, because I'm kind of good at that. Remember, I'm your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. You know, I, I have the ability to get people really going and wound up with my snarky opinion, because that's just what I do. But again, uh, dominionfire.com is where you'll find it, and make sure to join the email VIP subscriber newsletter. So it's a free newsletter that we put out and you get early access to the Heal the Sick podcast and other audio when it comes out. So you get it a little early before everybody else does. So uh, and when you sign up, there's a free book that comes out to you about self-healing. So if you're going through a situation and you want to start building up your own faith for your own healing, there's some practical strategies on how to approach that and some things to think about. Absolutely free on the VIP newsletter. So everything's at dominionfire.com and uh, jump on in. And back to our guest, John Lefwamboise. You have an interesting background, obviously, with uh, the testimonies that you're telling us about. And I was reading a little on your Facebook profile and uh, very varied and very interesting. So um, tell us about yourself, your background, your experience, and how you got into all this. Yeah, well, uh, my whole uh, salvation, everything just started like just with a radical encounter with God. And I always tell people that I'm radical because I served and encountered a radical God. You know, so uh, at a young age, I think I was about 12 years old or so, you know, I started uh, getting a little bit of the party scene. You know, I grew up in a small town in northern Alberta. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So I started drinking, you know, and smoking when I was 12 and 13. I started smoking pot. You know, and then uh, started getting into a little bit of some heavier stuff, you know, and as I uh, got a little older. And I was still fairly young, you know, and then uh, just got really depressed, got suicidal, you know, and I was actually hearing four different voices in my head at a time, you know, four demons actually speaking to me, you know, uh, just telling me to kill myself, you know. So it just really yeah, led for a horrible, horrible experiences. And then uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, actually, even before my friend started telling me about the gospel, this uh, preacher uh, on the streets actually came to me and he said, uh, he said, do you obey the Ten Commandments? And I said, no, I don't. I, I said, honestly, I don't know what they are. I said, I haven't murdered anyone yet, and that's the only one I know. You know, and he says, uh, you don't know them, you don't obey them, therefore you're going to hell. You know, there's no mention of the cross. There was no mention of salvation. There was no mention of forgiveness of sin, nothing. You know, like, it was, he just told me I was going to hell, you know, and uh, and I met this guy years later and, and found out that, uh, you know, uh, there's a few screws loose if you would, you know, but yeah, but God still used them, you know, it was great. God just used them, and it, it started something inside of my heart where, uh, you know, it just triggered something inside of me where there was this, this curiosity, this, this interest about Jesus now, where like, the reality of hell just was just hit me. And um, and uh, for about two years or so, I was contemplating this. And uh, my friend's brother, actually, he now became a really good friend of mine. His name was Troy. Um, he started telling me about Jesus and about forgiveness and about the cross and about salvation and just the love of God and the acceptance that God has for me. And, and uh you know, and at first I just kind of pushed it aside, pushed it aside, pushed it aside, you know, and then I was, uh, at that time I was really heavily, uh, heavily gothic, you know, very, like I said, very suicidal, and, you know, like, uh, just give an idea of how, uh, like my outward expression just really, exp- uh, which really showed how lost I was inside, you know, I had this foot long mohawk, 
you know, I uh, put black eyeliner on, black lipstick. I had his fishnet stockings on my arms and on my legs, uh, boots up to my knees, uh, pants tucked into my boots, slipped down my pants, big black trench coat. You know, so it was really gothic. You know, I idolized this man by the name of Marilyn Manson. And um, <laughs> he was really lost, you know, just really lost. And uh, but you know, this my friend Troy, you know, like uh, he just kept on loving me, kept on telling me with the love of God, you know. And I just had a really hard time accepting this, just because of all uh, the depression I was under, you know, and his demonic voices speaking to me, telling me that he was lying, and, and uh, you know, so about two years of that. And then uh, finally one day, I was actually leaving a party with some friends of mine. Actually, uh, ironically, it's Troy's brother, who was a good friend of mine, is like a, a party friend of mine. And uh, I was me and him and a, and a bunch of other guys. And uh, we're leaving this party and I'm under the influence of, I don't know what, you know, uh, I just, just not really in my right mind, to be honest with you. And, um, but in the midst of that, God is still speaking to me, you know, I can, and he's the, the love of the father, you know, is still pulling at me, you know, the goodness of God still drawing me into repentance. And, um, I tell, I tell all these guys, you know, all my friends, I said, listen, guys, I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to serve Jesus. You know, I'm going to get born again. I'm going to repent of my sins. and God's going to forgive me. And, and I started preaching the gospel to them. You know, what my friend Troy has been telling me for two years, I literally just repeat to these guys, you know, and they all start laughing at me. And then uh, I always tell people this, that I knew I was born to be an evangelist because I got saved at my very first altar call. Like the first altar call that I gave, I got saved at. <laughs> you know, and I, uh, so this is wintertime up in, uh, in Alberta, Northern Alberta, you know, and there's snow on the ground. So I drive this line in the snow. I tell my friends, listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus with me, just cross this line, make a, you know, make just make a statement uh, with your actions. And you all kind of laughed at me and walked away, you know, but I got saved that very moment though. You know, I was trying to get other people saved before I was even saved, you know, so, and then I just prayed his prayer. I said, God, like, you know, I call it the stoner's prayer because I was on drugs and I prayed this and it was just so simple. I just prayed. I said, God, if you're real, you have to do something about it. You know, I can't go on living like this. And then instantly, you know, the only way I could describe it is like this hand reached down inside of me, grabbed something and pulled it out. You know, instantly the drug addiction left. You know, I, I was sober. The alcohol uh, desires, you know, everything just left. The voices were gone. The depression was gone. The suicidal tendency was gone. It was just instant deliverance right there on the spot. You know, and it, uh, it really scared me. You know, and all of a sudden, I feel this warm, loving feeling just come all over me. It's the only way I can really describe it, you know, not knowing that it was Holy Spirit. Really. And uh, and uh, I remember thinking to myself, like, man, like, I was thinking this is just the drugs playing tricks on me. You know, and I remember thinking, like, man, these are good drugs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss this. Not realizing that I could have this every day because this was Jesus. And then uh, from there, it just started this process of really discovering who I was in Christ and who Christ was in me. Uh, and then... And just wanted to share the, with the world my experiences. So I, I read the Bible, reading the Bible, reading all the different books, you know, and I, and I found out that God heals the sick. And I was reading all the stories in the book of Acts as I was reading from the Gospels, you know, and I was reading these, these books uh, about these other people testifying and uh, different testimonies and different teachings on healing. And it just stirred inside of me so much. And so I literally just went off and I prayed for everything that moved. I mean, you sneezed. I was praying for you. Didn't matter if you're in a line at the bank to deposit a check or at the grocery store or, or wherever you were. You know, I was praying for you. I would I would pray regularly in in, in my uh, classrooms. I read the First Thessalonians five seventeen. You know, I got saved in high school. You know, that uh, First Thessalonians five five seventeen says you know to pray without ceasing. So I thought you know me my simplistic thinking. I thought that I had to pray in tongues twenty four hours a day. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in class, you know, just praying in tongues nonstop. You know, like I said, the principal's office more times than I can remember for praying in class. You know, and uh, and just start, you know, and and in, in, in that journey, just start developing more of, of that. And I really started exploring more of supernatural. Uh, when I'm, I went to Bible school in Ontario, in Eastern Alberta, and then after I did two years of school there, and then I became a missionary in Indonesia in 2004 and 2005. I was actually there there during the tsunami. And I was supposed to be in the same location the tsunami hit, actually. But uh, all the books of the Lord came to me and warned me not to go. But in the midst of that whole process, I really started exploring, you know, the, the supernatural and, and in regards to intimacy with Holy Spirit and and uh, and just really uh, just exploring the prophetic, exploring words of knowledge, exploring uh, healing to the greater measure of signs and wonders. And really, I figured, you know, I'm in Indonesia. No one knows me here. You know, like... Uh, how can a reputation from the jungles of Indonesia follow me back to the Western world? So I just really pushed the envelope as far as I could. You know, I, I tried praying for dead people, you know, and I would uh, actually just barge in on funerals. It was just, just like I said, just really extreme, you know, just practicing, trying to raise the dead, you know, and just going like every everywhere I went, you know, just just praying for as many people as I could find, you know, and then started seeing some really amazing results. Just started seeing some great testimonies coming forward. And then I connected with different ministries when I got back to uh, into North America, connected with different ministries that were known for signs and wonders and miracles and, and moving in the prophetic and evangelism. And uh, that really just launched me uh, into my parent ministry, you know, of uh, birthing harvest culture, you know, and now just traveling all around the world, you know, and just traveling nonstop, preaching the gospel. We're doing crusades regularly overseas, you know, taking teams on the streets just about every weekend now, taking groups of people from around the world as they're traveling. Uh, training people all the time, taking them to the streets, training them to see signs and wonders and miracles, you know, everywhere we go, just living that kingdom lifestyle. You know, so it just it all really comes like I said, comes right back down to just because I had a radical encounter with God. You know, and I realized that God himself is a radical God that I myself need to be radical as well. You know, just like I said, that a love that was birthed inside of me just kind of launched me uh into this, these uh, supernatural experiences. And uh, and and now it's just uh, this burning desire inside of me that uh, that just can't can't be quenched, you know. Like uh, I always just keep on looking back to that foundation of the supernatural that God put in my life, you know, to, uh, as I gave my life to Him. And now it's just become a standard for living, you know. There's no real way to deny that, you know. So and and in, uh, in my pursuit of uh, of ministry, you know, just being able to connect with uh, different well-known ministers. Uh, well-known evangelists, different prophets, you know, get to travel with them and intern with them and, and, uh, and learn uh, really from what I would call these generals. Uh, you know, so it just keeps on challenging you to, to push it beyond to the next level, you know, always expecting, always pushing for something uh, deeper and greater. You know, so that's a little bit of my background, you know, so really, it's, that's why I'm, I, I'm just so radical, just because I, I, I encountered a radical God. You know, there's, there's no substitution for it. That's phenomenal. Listeners, we are up against our second break. It was a wonderful story. And when we come back, we're going to hear our lesson time, have some prayer time, and uh, a little bit more. When we come back here on the Helisic Podcast, keep it locked right here. Hey guys, Million here. Please visit www.dominionfire.com for the latest episodes of the Heal the Sick Podcast. And also for our video vlog series entitled The D-Fire Vlog. After visiting dominionfire.com, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church and hit the subscribe button and make sure to hit the thumbs up for any video you watch. This content is available for free and new videos are posted throughout the week.
That's dominionfire.com first, and then youtube.com forward slash dominionfirechurch. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. All right, listeners, back on the third segment of the Heal the Sick podcast. This has been a fascinating episode thus far with John Laframboise from uh, Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Canada. And this is our lesson time. So uh, we talked a little bit about things like kingdom living and activating people and soul winning. And um, we talked a little off air about something on the line of like an inward experience becoming outward. And this is our lesson segment. So, John, what would you like to teach on today? Yeah, I really want to teach on uh, like what, making this about like your inward experience and making an outward thing. You know, like I'm an evangelist and I love hitting the streets. You know, so I just love motivating people and getting them uh, active as much as possible. You know, so I know uh, sometimes the biggest thing, you know, it, it comes to releasing the kingdom of God in the world, you know, is, is understanding the kingdom and moving in the, in, in the kingdom within you. Like it says in Romans 14, that the, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, you know, but it's, it's peace, righteousness, and, and joy in the Holy Spirit, you know. And, and from my experience, when you have those three really working in your life, it makes it a whole lot easier to release the kingdom, have a kingdom manifestation around you. You know, kind of like Peter's shadow, you know, in Acts. You know, so, you know, first one, of course, you know, being righteousness, you know, understanding your identity in Christ, you know, having that righteousness. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, you know, it says that uh, him who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we can become the righteousness of God. You know, so you automatically have an identity. If you're born again, you have an identity of righteousness. You know, God sees you as righteous. You're in right standings with God. You know, in Proverbs 28.1, it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, sometimes uh, people, the reason why they don't pray for the sick, you know, they don't go out in the streets is because they have this excuse, really. It's an excuse of, I'm not bold. I'm, it's not my personality. You know, uh, I'm shy. I'm this or I'm that. Well, that's your personality, not your identity. You know, your, your personality is always what your, your circumstances and your environment growing up dictates that what you should become. That has a huge part on your personality, but your identity is who God says you are. You know, God says you're righteous. You know, so therefore, because you're righteous, you're bold as a lion. You know, so the fact to say that you're shy and timid when it comes to evangelism is actually a lie of the devil. You know, in the rest of that verse, you know, it says the wicked flee when no one even pursues. So when you don't have a proper understanding of identity of righteousness, it's hard to be bold. You know, I, I get that. So we need to learn who we are in Christ. You know, and then it says it's peace. You know, and and Isaiah, um, uh, I believe it's uh, fifty-eight. Um, you know, it talks about how you'll be led out by joy, you'll be led out by joy and be led by peace. You know, there's something about having that peace where, you know, when you're going out there, you're not there to perform. You know, like, uh, and you're the fact that if you pray for someone and they don't get healed, who cares? That's not your problem. You know, your job is to uh, love people and have faith while you do it. You know, so if you pray for someone and you don't get healed, you know, it's not responsibility. It's not a plight against you. It's not a mark against you. You know, of course, the devil's going to try to do that, but it's, just be at peace knowing that you did everything that you could. You know, you prayed for them, you had faith in the midst of it all, and you loved them through them. You know, then your job is done. You know, it's your job is to be praying, it's job's God to do the healing. You know, so and just be at peace with the results, knowing you still planted a seed. You know, as long as you're moving in faith and love, when it comes to reaching the lost, you'll have 100% success. You know, because one plants a seed, one waters it, and one harvests. You know, planting a seed and watering a seed is still success in the eyes of God. You know, so regardless of the results, so don't ask yourself, what if nothing happens? Have more ask yourself, what if something does happen? Like, what are you going to do if they do get healed? 
You know, so you just be at peace within yourself that God's proud of you, uh, regardless of the results. That God is just proud of the fact that you went out and shared Jesus with someone else that you didn't know or that you didn't know. You know, and God is not performance oriented the way we are. So be at peace with that. You know, and then of course there's joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, and uh, I love prophesying to people on the streets, giving them words of knowledge. You know, because I find it's a it's a great way to open up the doors and, and uh, for walls around people's hearts to come crumbling down. You know, when you give them a word of knowledge, because it just shows that God knows them and, and cares for them and loves them, and you know, he knows who they are really. And uh, you know, and, and the prophetic is always meant to encourage. You know, and, and I know it's for myself that unless I'm happy, you know, like, I have a hard time being prophetic. You know, <laughs> I have a hard time giving words of knowledge or prophesying to other people. You know, because I first need to encourage myself in order to encourage someone else. You know, and and if I just uh, allow myself just to uh, you know, some people call it just getting drunk in the Holy Spirit, you know, just being under the influence of the love of God, you know, just allow that love, allow that joy to sustain through me. Like Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, that guy had an impossible task before him. I believe it was three different kings raging war against him as he's rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, you know, and but in the midst of that, he just has peace, you know, and he has this joy. He says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So knowing that God is smiling over you, there's a joy, there's access to joy that we could tap into. You know, so just tap into uh, tap into that joy. So when you move in that, you know, your identity, you know, and the peace and the joy, it's a whole lot easier to reach people. It's a whole lot easier to release the kingdom of God. And that's what I encourage you guys, just to uh, find out who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and allow that outward expression of uh of your faith and what's happening on the inside of you become an outward reality. You know, because because of the love of God that I have inside of me has transformed my life. Therefore, I want to see it transform other people's lives because it's so real, it's tangible to me. You know, so it's, once again, it's like that inward expression of my faith taking an outward demonstration because I experienced it. Therefore, I want other people to see it and experience it as well. You know, and, and not to be afraid to, uh, to preach with the demonstration of power. You know, like Paul said in Rome, in First Corinthians um, uh, two, uh, uh, four and four and five, he says, my, "My teaching, my preaching, will not persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God, that your faith will be established upon the power of God and not the wisdom of man." So I encourage you guys: get out there, pray for someone, ask the Lord. I pray this prayer every single morning. I say, God, show me those who are ready to receive their miracle, and show me those who are ready to receive salvation. And as I go about my day. You know, no matter how busy I am, you know, I'm never too busy for the kingdom of God. I just live that kingdom lifestyle, of, and I just look for people I can pray for. You know, I just look for who seems highlighted to me, who my spirit seems to be pulled towards, and and I just create opportunity that way uh, to, to pray for people and try to lead them to Jesus and give them an experience with God that they're not going to forget, that they can encounter the goodness of God. Because in Romans 2.4, it says, the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You know, so uh, uh, get out there, you know, find out who you are in Christ. You know, the biggest thing right there, because when you have identity, everything else just kind of falls right back into place. You know, so some of us are like Gideon, you know, we have this uh, negative mindset of who we are. You know, Gideon's under suppressed by the Philistines, and he has an angelic encounter, and the angel says, you're a mighty man of valor. You know, and Gideon doesn't believe it, you know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I have an angelic encounter, I'm going to believe whatever he tells me, you know. <laughs> and... Um, you know, but wasn't until a, a series of processes, you know, he began to change who he, how he saw himself, and then he delivered an entire nation. 
You know, so change the way you see yourself and change the way you see God, realizing that God wants to use you more than you want to be used. He wants to heal the sick more than you want to heal the sick. You know, and change the way you see yourself, realize that you are righteous, you're accepted by God, therefore no man can reject you, you know, and just go out there and release the kingdom. John, if people would like to find out more about you, track you down, ask you a question, or see what you're up to, do you have contact information you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a website, uh, harvestculture.com. Uh, there's a contact us uh, option there, you know, email us. Um, there's also over pretty much every social media outlet, really. You can find me under John Raz. You know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, even Periscope. Um, you know, uh, John Raz or John underscore Raz. You know, and also uh, my ministry, Harvest Culture, has a Facebook page as well that you could like. You send us a message that way as well. You know, or even just uh, through email, you can email us at the info, I-N-F-O, at harvestculture.com. And we'd love to hear from you guys. So this is the point at which we close out the program with our prayer segment. So what I'd like to ask you to do is if you'll please pray for our audience. And if along the way you pick up a certain illness or disease or prompting or prophetic word, word of knowledge, whatever you want to do, uh, let it rip. So, John, would you please at this time pray for our audience and take us all the way to an amen? Absolutely. Yeah, so, Father, I thank you for everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, Lord. I thank you that you begin just to pour out your love, pour out your spirit upon them like you've never experienced before, that they would come into a, a, a position of true identity with you, Lord, that you experience your love and your power, that set them on a, a new spiritual journey with you, a new journey of experiencing your power and displaying your kingdom on the streets, Lord. And uh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for even uh, for healing uh, just start releasing healing over people's bodies right now. I, I keep on seeing this. I uh, hear this name, Elsie. Uh, it's like Elsie or uh, Eldersley or Elsie or something along the lines like that. And I, and I see this actually like uh, uh, eating disorder there where like, there's self-purging that's taking place. So we pray healing over that in Jesus' name. And we just declare, declare right now that you are loved, and you are beautiful, and you are accepted uh, in Jesus' name. And... Um, uh, uh, there's also, I keep on hearing the name uh, uh, Marcus. Uh, so it's like a Marco, uh, Marcus, uh, you know, it could be uh, along, somewhere along those lines. And there's uh, there's something uh, I see like a uh, uh, something with, with the, the, the bowels. I'm not sure if, it, if, it's, if it's a cancer or if it's just something like a digestive issue, like a severe digestive issue of some sort. So we just pray for healing over that right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you begin to touch that body, you begin to bring restoration and, and healing in Jesus' name. And, and just as, as I'm praying that, I, I see this uh, shoulder, I believe it's the left shoulder, and I keep on seeing someone throw a pitching a baseball. So I don't know if you're, you're throwing something or actually a baseball pitcher, but there's something where there's like a tear, something, a rotator cuff issue there. I get paired. I believe it's with the left shoulder. I don't have a name with that one, uh, but I just keep on saying that over and over again. So, Lord, we just speak uh, full mobility over that rotator cuff right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for a full restoration, Lord God, that he'd be able to go back to his desires of, uh, of baseball. You see, there's something that's dear to your heart is, is that sport. So, Lord, we pray for full restoration over that shoulder, full mobility, all the trauma broken off. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you for everyone who's listening, Lord, just for a healing wave, just to, to go through the sound waves right now, through this podcast. In Jesus' name, we declare healing right now. In Jesus' name, Father, we ask you to stretch out your hand, stretch forth your hand right now, and just begin to heal uh, people's conditions, Lord. I curse every pain, every cancerous cell, every tumor, every disease. Lord, we just curse it all by the blood of the Lamb right now. 
And Lord, I decree healing and restoration over people's bodies and even over people's marriages as well. We speak healing over marriages uh, right now in Jesus' name. But Lord, in the midst of that, Father, I thank you that you begin to release identity. You begin to release identity over people, Lord, a self-worth over people, Father. God, take them out of depression and into the joy of the Lord, Father. And you would show them who they really are and what you really, how you really see them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are just, uh, you're releasing your power, you're releasing your love, you're releasing uh, identity. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you just keep on touching and motivating people, Lord, and breaking off the lies off of them, because when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And so in Jesus' name, we declare that over everyone listening right now. We tell you that the, when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. In Jesus' name, you're a new creation in Christ. So live like a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, listeners. And I just want to throw one quick thing in there as we were praying there. I just heard the name da- like Dan or Danny, and it's all like right side, neck, shoulder, something injury on there. I commend that to be healed right now in Jesus' name. So amen to that one, listeners. And anytime, visit our website at dominionfire.com. And again, our VIP newsletter, the YouTube DeFire vlog, Dominion Fire 360, the Heal the Sick podcast. Subscribe to all these things. Get on in this because we're building this thing up. We're staying on our hustle for 2016. And we're going to keep bringing you more audio and video and just new media content so we can get this kingdom message out to the world that, I don't know if you picked up on this, the world sorely needs this right now. So Get us out there. And also, if you're on iTunes and or Stitcher or anything like that for any of our programs, if you would please be so kind as to leave us a five-star review and a uh, positive write-up, we would definitely appreciate that. Helps us get higher up and more exposure and more people can get helped. And uh, that's what we're here to do. So we thank you for joining us. And as always, uh, it's a pleasure to do the show for you. And we'll see you next time here on the Heal the Sick podcast. And as we always say, boom goes Yeshua. We'll see you next time.